been running them for um, a couple of years. Um, but it's quite interesting. The first time I've heard Joan <laughs> say this this morning. Um, but she was kind of saying, you know, it was for those people who were keen, and that's what it felt like from our point of view, actually, that it was still an add-on to church life rather than being central to what we were about. Um, and when we knew we were going to have the church refurbished, we just saw this as a, a real opportunity to kind of maybe get this stuff right into the DNA of, of who we, we were. So that, that was part of what we were doing. Um, but just really going out, how did it happen? What, what did we do? Um, we only had about, I think it was, um, <laughs> had about two months, I think, between, two or three months, between actually deciding to close the church and getting people kind of into missional communities. Um, as I say, we had two that have been going. Um, we knew we needed a lot more in order to be able to, to get everybody um, into community. So um, we basically just, I mean, we, we were praying, we were asking people to come and, and, you know, sort of having prayed, come to us. If they felt God was putting something on their heart, if they felt they had some particular passion, um, if they felt there was just something that they connected with, that they wondered whether it might be something that, that they could use. Um, and we just kind of waited really and thought, is anybody going to do this? You know? um, but slowly we began to find people coming and unlike the one about you know, the environment, we had done um, two different people come to us and say, actually, we really got you know, a heart for the environment and environmental issues. We wonder if there's something here that could connect with other people who aren't Christians who have that same kind of concern. Um, so it could be missional, but at the same time, you know, it's about being good stewards. And um, what we did when people were coming up with these things is we, on, on a Sunday morning, we just gave them the space in front of the whole church to be able to just say, look, this is what, you know, I think might be, you know, something that, 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 that God's leading us into. But in a sense, that was a way of testing it to see if other people were going to gather around that vision as well. Um, and so slowly, 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 we began to get people coming forward with, with different things um, and then other people gathering around them and, and leadership teams forming from, from those who, who were the obvious people in a sense who had a vision. Um, so that was one of the ways we began to kind of stir the pot, if you like, in terms of people, you know, coming up with vision. Um, another thing we did was once we started to get some people um, coming up with these things, we uh, one evening just had a marketplace in church and we said, like, for those of you who, you know, have come up with something, you know, if you'd like to come and just set up a stall <laughs> and put something on it which represents what, you know, what, what, what this is about and be there for people to come and talk to, we just invited everybody in the church to come. And... Um, I think this is, this is probably the, the starting point of realising um, not only about leadership gifts, but a, about a whole a mass of creativity that had also been sitting in the pews. Because people came and they set up storm in the most amazing ways, selling their vision really to people, you know. And um, a whole load of creativity started to kind of arise and, and, and come up to the surface. Um, but through yeah, that... Sorry, I'm just yeah. interested in that process and that we... I think we've got quite a lot of creativity already expressed in our church mm. in terms of a right. cafe team. Yeah. We've got a couple of small groups, we're just calling them groups at the moment. Um, how do they relate to missional communities? And at, at a stall like that, where are they part of it? Um, 
I suppose we didn't really, perhaps that's the difference, we didn't really by this stage have very much in terms of, I'm trying to think what the nearest might be, probably the, the nearest to something like that might be a, a mother and toddler group that we've got which has got a lot of um, uh, unchurched people that, that come along to it. Um, but what we didn't have with that mums and toddlers is still was, it's still great. And what that has turned into actually is a feeder for two other missional communities, um, rather than being a missional community itself. Because what we didn't have was a community of people committed to building community solely around that. Um, the people who were involved in that were either already involved in, in one of the earlier missional communities or they maybe had different communities. So, so we didn't have the, the, the number of people who could kind of hold a community together, I suppose. So that is still running, but it, as I say, it's a kind of feeder into, into the others. And so sometimes, you know, it, it is a bit messy, isn't it? It's not all fit in the box, but, um, but it could be that, you know, there is a group that, that is all, as you say, already en route to, to becoming a missional community because they've got a, a, a clear vision of, of the people that they're trying to reach um, and, and how they might do that. So, you know, it might be by doing something where other people can gather around that and you've got a, um, you know, a good-sized number that that could then become a mission community and I can see how that could happen. Um, okay, uh, if we move on to the next one, okay. Um, one of, I mean, through this time, I'd say, it's, it's interesting looking back and seeing the way God seemed to be speaking to us through the whole thing. But one of the pivotal moments for us, um, I think, was um, looking at, at, at Jesus um, multiplying the, the bread and feeding 5,000. And um, we'd been kind of looking at that for a few weeks. And we had an evening just before we were going out of the building um, where we recognised... Um, that if we were going to go down this route and, and going into mission communities as a whole church, actually it was it was going to be different, and actually there, there might be things that we were going to have to leave behind in a sense that we valued in order to move into a different kind of era that God was calling us into. Um, so we decided to kind of have this evening where um, we would we would break bread and and just um, ask people, you know. <coughs> talk about actually laying things down as well as picking things up and um, that there could be a cost to this and, and you know were people up for it really and, and um, maybe they just wanted to kind of um, kind of say that by, by coming forward and taking a piece of this bread um, but in doing that we would we, as I say we'd be, we'd have the story of feeding, feeding 5,000 and it was this bit of you know Jesus breaking the bread before actually it multiplied and there was this kind of sense that actually maybe we need to be willing for God to do whatever he wanted to do with us in order to be a blessing you know and um, so that's kind of part of it but I, I, it was one of those you know God moments for us I think when we were standing at the front and I remember we I, I just closed my eyes and I thought well, okay we're going to pray and we're going to break this bread a big loaf of bread and just break it in two and holding it um, and I, I opened them again, uh, you know, and to see um, people just coming forward and knowing that they were really up for this, and, and you know, there were people with tears in their eyes, and I think they just knew that actually there was something, you know, this, this was one of those God moments, um, and it was a, a matter sometimes of laying things down in order to be able to move on to what God was calling us to. So, uh, yeah. 
can move on. Um, this was when we first went out, and um, <laughs> we, we kind of looked a bit like church in the box room because we had committed ourselves to, to resourcing the missional communities as much as we possibly could from the centre. So um, what they would do, we had a system going where on, um, I think, I don't know, Wednesday, something like that, they would email into us and say what they needed for their meeting on a Sunday. And we committed ourselves that we would supply whatever that was. <laughs> and um, I think, you know, we had things like, you know, could you put some sugar paper in our box for some children's work we're doing? So we're running up and down the house, trying to find sugar paper. But it, it was really important, I think, to say, look, we know that people are giving of themselves here. They're, they are committing themselves to doing this. And we have to support one. And in a sense... Our role as leaders began to change because we had to support them in doing ministry rather than us doing the ministry. And you know, going back to kind of Ephesians 4, of, you know, um, part of what we're about should be to equip the saints for the works of ministry as leaders. And it really began to feel like we were equipping the saints for the works of ministry, even if it was one sugar pepper. <laughs> um, but um, you can see the names on, on the boxes here, and um, they, were, they were kind of already to be picked up on the Friday by the, by the leaders or whoever they've asked to, to pick them up. Um, and uh, this was particularly important as I said when we were out of the building because we were we were meeting once a month actually in two different venues but the, one of the things for us was there wasn't a venue that was big enough to take us all other than the church building was the biggest venue in town. So there wasn't another building we could have gone into as a whole community anyway. So um, we met twice a month um, in, in two different venues, but the rest of the time they were out in, in communities. Right into the next one. <laughs> and this was the bulldozers moving into the church, as Joe said, we really did. We, we discovered that um, the whole church is built on sand. <laughs> We haven't got a sand beach actually, um, <laughs> but, uh, but there's more sand under that church than the hell we can coast, I think. Um, <laughs> so there you go. I don't know what that is. But, anyway. um, but this is when we reopened, and uh, oh, it must be good music. Is it kind of yeah, it's quite through, yeah. um, that, that last picture was um, th this realization actually, we now had a, a, a kind of a nice new building and, and what have you. But the, the, the use of that building was about how we could resource and equip people on mission. It, it, it had become a mission based. I think that's why I kind of threw out that comment at the beginning to you about you know, the use of your building and what your building might become. Sorry, um, I just itching to say something at that point. Sorry, sorry Justine, could you go, go back? <laughs> yeah, no, the reason I get excited about that picture, not that one, that's not <laughs> exciting, nor is that. That's quite scary. Um, no, the one the with the church, the floor? Oh, yeah. Um, because um, I remember at the time, um, a lot of people, myself included, were quite disgruntled about the pews going because they kind of look nice. And um, <laughs> but soon after the church was refurbished, um, it's gone back, Justin. It's gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, we um, we were given permission to hold a Kaylee in the church. Um, <laughs> that's something you definitely couldn't have done. The pews have been there, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, as I said, it was because what we, what part of what we do is, is have these events that, 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 you know, attractional events that then act as a feeder into our Sunday meetings. And there was a really special moment, the, um, the end of the Cayley, um, you know, we all did the old Lang Syne thing. And, um, 
and I was up near the, the, the chancel, up near the window, that end, and, uh, it, it, and we were sort of singing it. We were all around the cross, because that is actually a cross on the floor. And um, I was really choked up at the moment, because I just thought, yes, this is why they've done it, you know, and this is why we're doing this. And it, and it was just a, a really special, special moment. Part of our liturgy, that kind of done yeah. in our worship, but obviously in our church, and to have the old line signs is really important. <laughs> 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 I make a comment on that. The question. So yes. I, I'm, I'm always delighted that there are pews at Dinner Church. You know, <laughs> no organ as well. Yeah. But, but there's, there's a book called Creating Uncommon Worship where they encourage you to go in at midnight and just uh, dismantle all the pews and get them out before anyone can find <laughs> 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 them. It's church so much. Yeah. Even if you take out the first four or five pews, you know, for, it's still, it still limits things. So you can't see properly. properly you know. But so the question I had was actually more about training and envisioning for people who are leading these groups. You know, because obviously you had that breaking of bread and people felt called by the Lord to yeah, really get yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, you do need to equip everybody yeah, to do, yeah. do the work yeah. uh, so they're not just working yeah. in a vacuum. So yeah. how do you manage yeah. that? Okay. Um, <laughs> I think it's quite important. And, and you know, I, I think one of the comments of kind of Peter made was about you know, this is going to be a, a, a kind of longer term thing in a sense of, you know, you can't do this in, in a month. And from 2002 onwards, really, we were beginning to, to teach and train people in, in what this was about. So we'd, we'd done quite a bit of leader training um, beforehand um, and vision on what this was all about and why. Um, having said that, when it came to going out the building, there were a whole lot of people who hadn't been involved in that who were going out. <laughs> so, in a sense, it was then kind of us having to catch up with some of that. And, and while they were out, I think we did two, two or three sessions while we were out the building. We hired a school and did a few training sessions in there. Um, but I think, in terms of learning, it's been much more about kind of reflective learning. So. As people have gone out um, and done things, where we've come to now is that people can come back and actually reflect on what has happened and what they feel God has been saying in that. Um, and then our job seems to be to kind of help them to, to discern what God might be saying in that, discern what the next steps might be for them, and kind of take them around in that. Um, but um, the, the pattern we have now is that um, twice a year we hold these learning communities and all of our leaders come to that um, and so we've got you know 12 13 teams of people meeting around this building and it's all set up for them they have their own space they can work in throughout the day um, and we give some input from the front um, which will help them process throughout the day what is going on for them and what God might be saying and they get an opportunity to pray for one another as well as go around at the end um, but those days, what we've realised is that the, the, the leaders seem to have, you know, fed back to us how valuable they've found. Because at the end of it, we then kind of take all the stuff that they've done, um, you know, put it on paper and what have you, so that next time, in six months' time, when they come back again, they can see what kind of goals they set for the next six months, what they thought God was saying, how that's been working out. And then within that, we commit to meeting with each leadership team once a term as well. Um, so we're kind of individually trying to work with the teams as well. So, yeah, <laughs> um, 
Sorry, we'll probably move on from that one now. So. Um, Can I just ask a quick question? Because I'm, I'm not absolutely sure. Does that mean you have no um, normal services, uh, ch Sunday church services in the, in the church? Oh, no, or do, do you still do yeah, that? I do. do you still yeah. do that? What we're sure with the yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Um, What we've said to our mission communities is that you can go out uh, anything up to three Sundays a month. There's one Sunday in the month where we would like everybody to gather together. So the first Sunday in the month, everybody gathers. Um, but it's up to the mission community leadership teams what they feel is right in terms of, of meeting out. Um, and in fact, most of them now are probably down to, to once a month because they're meeting at other times as well. Um, but some of them are kind of meeting out twice a month. There was one period where one of them you know, so actually we're going to meet out three times because they wanted to run an alpha course in a school um, on a Sunday morning. And um, so to do that, they, they were going to be out for, you know, two months or whatever. So, kind of, you know, they went and did that. Um, but we, we try to have once a month where everybody's together. And, and in fact, this has been highlighted for us recently because we've, we've actually taken on um, what was a St George's Church plant about 12, 13 years ago. And um, basically, they've kind of lost their leaders, and various things have happened. They've shrunk somewhat, um, and they've now asked to come back under our oversight. And what we're working with them now is how they can become a missional community. So what they have begun to do is come in on the first Sunday in the month with us, but they are still meeting out uh, where they have been meeting for the other three weeks. Um, and I'm kind of working with them at how to make things more lightweight because, again, interestingly, one of the things they, they've got is burnout because they've been trying to run church with too few people, not enough leaders, and you know, on Sunday morning. And one of the things when we were out of the building, and I think, I think again, Joe kind of highlighted it, is that you know, we first went out. There's something about Sunday in, in our mindsets, isn't it, as Christians? I mean, if it's a Sunday, we've got to create something that looks like a service. <laughs> And, um, and we found when people went out, you know, however much we encouraged them, it doesn't need to look like it, it, it kind of did. Um, because there's something, I think, ingrained within our mindsets that we have to do with these particular things if it's going to meet on, meet on a Sunday. Um, and while we were out of the building, I guess in some ways we, we kind of thought, okay, that's probably quite valid because there wasn't anything else going on. So actually it was church really for them. So while we're out of it, but once we came back in again, it was then really working with people, helping them to see how they might be able to meet together and not look like, because quite frankly, as Joe said, they weren't replicating what we're doing Sunday morning, because we can do it far bigger with, with all the people who have got the gifts for it, rather than these people who've got, actually, how do we do worship? We've got anybody who can do this either. Um, so things really have evolved as we've gone on, and, and I think it's quite important. As I said, you know, vision started in 2002, nine years ago, so we're talking about quite a, a time of working our way through this. Um, okay. <laughs> um, this is our, our, a close-up of the window you could see in the distance there. And um, this became, again, quite a kind of prophetic picture for us because um, that is the Deal lifeboat um, <coughs> going across the waves and um, you've got the Deal skyline behind it. And um, it, it, we began to use that analogy in terms of missional communities being a bit like lifeboats going out from the lifeboat station, you know, the church centre being the lifeboat station and missional communities going out. Um, 
uh, in order to see, in one sense, lives saved, you know. Um, but it was going out to, to help people, to rescue them from, you know, whatever the circumstances of life are, to see God rescue them. But actually, it, it kind of just gave us a, a picture and it became quite the fact that that was actually in our window there. It was great because it was, <laughs> it was part of who we were in. That um, is just a picture of um, when we went, that was when we went out of the building, um, all of the missional communities, they, they all came up with a, a logo of some sort and, um, and their names all put together, but in a sense it kind of gave a picture of we are now a community of communities, <laughs> but these were, in one sense they were individual communities, but they were all part of um, the one bigger uh, kind of community and they're kind of having that bit of a patchwork just gave us a picture of that. Is there some Nelson fans, or that's just the one? <laughs> it was in the pub. It was a pub okay. called the Nelson. <laughs> they decided to call themselves that. But yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, okay, um, if we move on, we can now go through some of the different ones. Um, this was network, and one Joe has, has been talking about, and, and that has evolved, as Joe said, quite a bit really over the years um, and um, it's now much more about being a network of pe people who are reaching their networks uh, people reaching their networks and uh, although they are people who are mainly engaged in, in the kind of workplace it's kind of well who are other people who are engaged in the workplace who might join them and um, I mean I went along and dropped in on the thing in Costa last month and um, uh, it was great to see people who I didn't recognise fitting there as part of what they were doing, and that was, that was just fantastic. So, um, that was when they were meeting, oh yeah, sorry, I'm click through, meeting, so just, just go through some photos. Um, that was when they were meeting in the balcony that Joe spoke of to, to start with. Then um, that was their, their Kaylee night, maybe. <laughs> After that, <laughs> that was when they were in the, the town hall and as Joe said one of the issues then was that it was a little bit out of the way um, was, was one issue um, it wasn't really a public space in, in many ways um, and, and also they were more really trying to do mini church rather than so that those things are, are quite different and moved on okay. um, and this was just on Wednesday night actually and, and I was so encouraged on Wednesday night because what they've begun to do now is they've realised the importance of actually the cluster meeting together sometimes when they're not doing mission, they're not doing outreach, um, in order that they can do you know the up and the in bit as well as the out bit as a cluster. And um, this was some of them on Wednesday night, and um, there was about 45 minutes or an hour they spent just listening to God. And some of the things that were coming um, out of that were, were just very amazing. <laughs> and I think, you know, going back to kind of developing leaders and things, one of the things that I've said to Joe and Carr, that had these missional communities not been going, these people would not be together listening to God in this kind of way. And the amount of faith, the way faith has increased through having to step out and do things and take risks and work out what God might be saying to them. 
um, you know, people have really developed in their relationship with God and developed spiritually through doing that. So, yeah, well, that was encouraging. That was almost like <laughs> Okay. Uh, Connect. Connect is our um, neighbourhood cluster. Um, they are reaching an area called the North End. They're actually doing messy church. Um, again, it's, it's, you know, it's not messy church is just, you know, the thing they happen to be doing at the moment. The important thing is the community that they are called Connect. Um, and they've tried various things in order to connect with their community, the community they're trying to reach. Um, and the more recent thing has been Message Church. And what they've discovered, they've got a whole load of people now that they um, have connected with who are unchurched. Um, but then their, their kind of challenge now is how to people, take people on to the next kind of stage in a sense of moving them up the, the angle scale towards discipleship. But, um, but yeah, go through a couple of photos there, connect. Yeah. And that's Paula. Paula um, runs a nursery up at that end of town, and um, you know, she has never done anything like this in her life before. Certainly not kind of um, leading, <laughs> leading people <coughs> into emotions and various things. But again, it's just an example of the way people have kind of, you know, stepped out of their comfort zones and, and been willing to, to give things a try. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, this was um, some of the Connect guys on Monday Thursday um, when they uh, we kind of do sandwich boxes of bread and wine <laughs> we give to the, the missional communities who want to meet together and um, so they kind of again create their own event uh, of a meal and, and, and what have you they, they, they're all cooked there gathered together in, in someone's home for the meal and um, then afterwards they kind of share the bread and wine together. Um, and just open on that, you know, just sort of, I've got hundreds of questions, I'm trying to keep them, but just one on that. Monday, Thursday, whilst you were offering something centrally as a church, or did you not? This year we didn't. That's the first year. When we, having said that, there is a community that has now evolved, which I haven't come to yet, called Shoreline. Shoreline are people who feel they are called to the centre. Um, some of our people who are involved in more kind of central ministries are part of Shoreline. And Shoreline um, are, have formed themselves into a missional community. Part of their vision, as well as some of the mission stuff, is actually to serve the other missional communities that are going out. Um, but they are a missional community that's based at the centre, so they did hold something in the church building. So there was something, but again, it took the form of an informal meal, uh, very much like that. They set up tables, they produced food, they ate together, and then they shared bread and wine. So it wasn't us as leaders doing it, they were doing it themselves. Right. <laughs> Lighthouse, um, talk about schools, and uh, Lighthouse is a mission community that is uh, reaching a particular, you know, a vision to reach a particular <coughs> school for the children, the staff, the parents, those who are part of that school community. Um, if you carry on, there's one or two photos of them getting involved with things. That was when they were meeting on Sundays in the school hall and they were doing stuff. 
Um, that was an event they put on at the school and had a load of people. And uh, oh, I thought I'd another picture. But um, they've now, uh, what they're doing now is a, a lunchtime club, call themselves lunch, Lunchtime Lighthouse. And um, they're doing a lunchtime club for, for the kids. And what we've found is some of the children that, uh, again, unchurched kids that have become to be part of that, um, you know, we try to connect them in other ways. And, and they've started to join some of the youth stuff that we're doing when they've kind of reached 11 and moving into some of the youth stuff. So, again, they're kind of stepping stones in sometimes. Um, reaching today's to retired centre points. Um, Maybe this is the group that's found it um, most difficult in, in some ways in terms of the concept of what we're doing. Um, but having said that, we've got Indeal, um, uh, an age concern retirement centre, and um, one of the things they've tried to do is actually go there and they've been doing kind of listening stuff, um, going and doing walks down memory lane, various things. And we've only, in fact, in the last couple of weeks discovered for the first time the retirement centre is beginning to open on a Sunday. So this community are now looking at whether they could go and maybe just offer something on a Sunday morning there as well. Um, but um, they're very strong on community and um, probably need a bit more encouragement in the, in the kind of missional stuff. But once they've begun to get a handle on that, then it's, it's been good. So, that was, that was then meeting at the town hall in that building, <laughs> Stepping stones, reaching families and easy steps. This was one of the original mission of communities that started upon the two. Um, and um, they were trying to reach families with young children. Um, what they realised about 18 months ago is that they'd been going for some time and all of the families that had young children, the kids had begun to grow up a bit. <laughs> So um, they kind of revisited their vision of what they were about. And um, basically, this was, this was the first missional community that's multiplied. And they had grown, and, and they were beginning to get a bit too big anyway, really. Um, and, and once you get to a certain size, you begin to lose that extended family feel. Um, they got people who were very capable of leading, and, and a couple of people kind of came up and said, well, we'd like to continue on with, with the, the original vision. They had younger children. Uh, continue with the original vision, but in a slightly different way. Um, and the ones whose children had grown up, um, quite a lot of them were, were quite into kind of sporty things and what have you. So they've uh, begun to get a kind of a new vision for, um, you know, sporty families, I suppose. So they, uh, they have this thing about sort of messy church, it's sweaty church. I'm <laughs> 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 quite sure whether that looks very good. <laughs> um, but they've recently done something in a school which is um, a kind of family fitness thing um, with food and stuff like that. So they've been doing some on a Sunday afternoon, reaching families that way. Again, made new contacts through that. But they're, they're being quite, you know, incarnational as well in a sense because they're just going and joining some of the stuff that is going on around the town and outside the town in terms of like, you know, if there's um, you know, a half marathon or a fun one or whatever going on, they will go along as a community and join in that and offer to serve as marshals or give out water or whatever. So they're kind of, you know, going and getting involved as well. Um, if you look through some of those photos, that was stepping stones when they first started. Um, that was on my company trip here. Yeah. 
Um, they run off in the school. That was the kids uh, lunch. <laughs> okay. Um, bridging the gap. Um, they started off life meeting in a pub, and um, they wanted to be able to kind of connect with people who would go to a pub but most sort of step over the doors of church, basically. So they kind of set up a kind of cafe-style church in a pub, I suppose you could, you could call it. Um, and um, once I, I think when they were out meeting on a Sunday morning in the pub, there was a kind of back room to the pub, but the back room was open, so it was kind of half-connected, you know, kind of see what was happening, but it wasn't actually the bar, and they were kind of doing stuff in there. And um, the landlord, uh, landlady of the pub, had a, a couple of small children, and they found that the kids starting to join them on a Sunday morning with their kids and doing stuff, and, and slowly all this you know, people began to drift in. Um, so that was bridging the gap. And again, they kind of moved on, and they're beginning to get some different different kind of ideas for vision now. But they should go through the that was them doing a barbecue and uh, meeting in the pub. <laughs> okay, no limits. Um, I've, I've got a, um, another PowerPoint event, but this is the one I mentioned that um, you know, I had this vision um, of, of kind of John Vallier's There's No Limits to God's Love, so how can we go and serve and create church amongst those who are severely disabled? We've got um, a, a place called Martha Trust not far from us, and in fact, Apparently, it was about 25, 30 years ago, Martha Trust began from out of a couple of people at St George's a long time ago. Um, now it's a very big organisation, it's one in Hastings as well. Um, but they have severely disabled people who, who are there. Um, but what they found is by going on a Sunday morning, creating again, very creative church, because they take their kids with them as well, and, and in order to be able to create worship for people who are severely disabled. They have to kind of think out of the box quite a lot. Um, but they're a very, very creative group of people, and they've been kind of doing that. And what they've done is drawn in not just um, you know those who are in, in, in Martha Trust, but their families have begun to come. Um, some of the, um, the staff would join them. Um, and then when uh, one of the, the people in the home died, um, they were able to be there and give support and um, be with those people. And, and they're now going in each week to pray um, with the staff as well. So that's no limits. Um, yeah. uh, Greenway I've mentioned, environmental group. Um, that's them meeting as a cell between themselves. That was the youth doing um, car washes and things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sunday AM is one of the offshoots of Stepping Stones I mentioned. This is the ones that we're going to carry on the vision um, in, in the same place they were meeting, which was a, a, a school at the other end of town. Um, but they're doing something kind of much lower key than what was happening before. And uh, basically they run a kind of a film club uh, they're doing craft work, and, and it's right down that end of the scale of just making contacts. And, and they you know, last time I popped into them, they had quite a number of people now who are dropping in. And again, the challenge for them is you know, always, how can we then move people on perhaps to the next step of what we're doing? So that's, the, that's them on uh, Easter, which was an opportunity to do some of that moving on with people. Yeah. 
as I'm cooking breakfast, they also have breakfast. Food's always involved in these things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then one step beyond is the other part of um, the mission community that multiplied. So if you want to carry on with the photos, this was uh, them doing their family, some of their family fitness stuff. <laughs> okay, yeah. And then shoreline, as I say, is the one that's at the centre. So uh, that was them on Monday, Thursday, having their meal in um, part of the church building. And then this is Carpenter's Arm Sandwich, which was talking about the church plant that we've taken on recently. And that was them up front on our Sunday morning when we introduced them. Um, and then this is just some photos from the learning community I spoke about where we get our leaders together. So um, that looks like a networks uh, group. That's the Lighthouse doing some work. So this is each of the, the leadership teams um, working together on, on um, you know, what, 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 how things were and where God might be calling them to. Um, they were doing an assessment of the triangle there, what, what score they would give for up and out to their missional communities and uh, you know, what were the things they could give thanks for and what, what needed to be developed. So there you go. <laughs> and uh, that was Connect doing some work together. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. Maybe we'll just quick through that actually, very quickly. These are some of the things that have changed through um, having missional communities. We're more missionally minded. Um, I'm not sure whether I like this term, but something George Lean's came up with. <laughs> about self feeding sheep. I'm quite sure whether I like it. There you go. Um, <laughs> this question of what is church, new release of lay readers, um, release of new and creative gifts, this feeling of extended family, mobilisation of the church, uh, increased outreach networks, and a go strategy. <laughs> um, yeah, we've probably said that. Carry on, it's okay. Uh, this is a cluster fair. Once again, we've carried on this thing of allowing cluster or allowing, encouraging them to come, but we now do it on a Sunday morning. We have a short, short time of worship, and then they've set up their, 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 their stalls all around the church, and people can then see and connect with one another and what they're doing and what's happening. That's some of the photos from that. Mm -hmm. That was it, I think. Yeah. Peter. So, do you want to take a couple of minutes and speak to somebody that you're not sitting next to and say one thing that struck you about this morning before we carry the conversation on? Stand up stretch. We're looking to finish at one o'clock. Um, there were horses, as possible for some people, I'm aware that not preferably. So. But just two minutes, quick stretch, and a comment, one comment that somebody that I'm spoken to this morning. We are going to have five minutes, I'd suggest, at the end with the question. Where are we at in the light of what we've been hearing? Where are we starting points or going further? But I was just saying to, to Sheila that it's really useful for us to have them here. And so what questions do we have? Maybe it's worth just uh, writing some of our questions and see if we can um, list them or group them so we don't all ask the same thing. And then allow Sheila and Joe to kind of 
choose which questions we're going to. So does anyone want to fire away which, which questions we want to, to, to be asking? I'd like to know how it sort of relates to children and youth and young people, how they get into it. Do they go to the same ones or the ones that are just specific for them? Okay. What sort of strengths and weaknesses? Right. Like? Another question. Being an Anglican church, do you have trouble with your bishop convincing him these are Anglican <laughs> services? Because that was a problem in our previous parish. Church structures. You know, how do you relate to the wider yeah, the church structure? elements of the Anglican worship? This is just pure noisiness. What's the <laughs> membership increase or decrease from 2002? <laughs> okay. What's the one main pitfall that we need to avoid? <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just you choose one because I'm sure there's more thoughts of thoughts. That's that theological training of the leaders. How, how do you make sure? Or, or support people in their theological training, not just their leading of the different clusters. What um, model do you have for your... Uh, you weren't going anywhere this afternoon, weren't you? So. <laughs> <laughs> what, model do you what model do you have of your financing for your church? From within the, within the church and outside. And how many things do people end up doing weeks? You end up with people just burning out. We've got a good slide that um, she was just showing me that I think would be helpful in terms of... So sort of do all the groups feel linked? Is there a sense of togetherness in one church? Yeah. I was wondering if you have people who don't go to the groups and they do just still go on a Sunday morning and does that create like a two-tier system in a way belonging or and following on from that somebody new into the community who doesn't know anybody how do they get find out about the groups and what they're doing <laughs> 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 new into the town new into Campbell yeah new into Campbell how do they find the church we're still not quite convinced that the church has services every Sunday morning does it it does, it does right yeah, yeah. Not everybody's there, every single yes. Okay, I think that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, just obvious God's sake, it's enough, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't begin to think about eating anymore. I've done that too much before. For a father of groups, yeah. Do you want to take one or two of them? Right. <laughs> um, what's all about? Oh, Pitfalls to avoid. Um, I think what I would say now is probably different to what I might have said a few years ago, interestingly. Um, and I think one of the pitfalls I would say it's important to avoid is not getting so activity-based in these things that you actually stop listening to God. Because, um, you know, it's very easy to, to, to kind of... A, for um, people to, to really kind of, you know, take hold of this, who maybe are more the activists than the people, and, um, and therefore to kind of, you know, for, for, forge their way forward. But actually, at the end of the day, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's not good ideas we're after, it's actually, where is God taking this, you know? Um, and therefore, you know, what is the... The kind of you know the spiritual element. What's the time you're actually spending together 
listening to God and what he's saying. And I think, as I say, I think that's different probably what I, I would have said a few years ago, but that, that for me is, is one of the wonderful thoughts that can happen. Um, children and young people. The, um, when we first went out, we were really concerned about children um, and, and what on earth is going to happen. And, and to start off with, a number of the missional communities, uh, because they were trying to do this mini-church thing, said, oh, we'll have to do some children's work, because of course we So they kind of had separate things going on for children. It was a bit of a disaster, really, because, um, again, from the point of view of you know, making it lightweight, it certainly wasn't making it lightweight if you were doing children's work as well. Um, and I think the ones that have really worked best is where the children have been fully involved in the mission vision. And I'm looking at like one step beyond. You know, they ta they're taking their children really seriously as, as part of the whole community. Um, and one of the things they are really keen on is actually saying, you know, we want them to grow up with this DNA of being missional, you know, rather than us now coming to come into it and further on. So they're really keen that the kids fully understand what it is they're doing, why they're doing it, um, and that they're even kind of, you know, done some training stuff for their kids um, on, on um, you know, being missional. So um, the, 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 and the kids just seemed to love it, and we, we were really concerned, thought, you know, what are going to think, you know, but, um, you know, that, so but some of them that like, you know, oh, there's a big church today, oh, you know, <laughs> not meeting in our cost at all, and again, I think this extended family feel has, has been one of the, the key things as well, but, you know, it, in, in a big church, children can easily get lost and, you know, part of the kids' work or whatever, um, but, you know, to have time given to them by people of different generations and being part of that extended family, they seem to really value it. So that's us from the point of view of the children. Um, the, uh, the youth, um, some of the youth are part of the missional communities that I've described and um, with their families they're kind of going out and part of that. But we do have our separate youth work. Um, and I have to say from our point of view, that is the youth work that we probably struggled with most in terms of actually moving it in, in, in this. Um, we now have a youth leadership team and we're kind of beginning to do some work with them. And for instance, one little group and, and they've, they're children who are at a particular school and they're starting to meet at lunchtime together and look at how they can actually form a missional community in that secondary school kind of thing and, and um, growing together over that and what have you. But it's quite early days and although in theory we have um, you know, times for them to, to meet as missional community, times to do the celebration bit, they have their own youth event, um, sort of worship event, um, they also have small group type cell stuff as well. Um, but that's in theory, and I, I would say that that is probably the area that we need to do ourselves most work on. So. Um, what was the question of church structures? That's about trouble with the bishop. Trouble with the bishop. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> we were very, very fortunate um, up until um, that we had Graham Cray as our bishop. <laughs> um, and uh, Having grown pregnant, we had a bishop who was incredibly supportive and understanding and encouraging and 
and brokered for us when we did have any difficulties. So that, that was fantastic, I have to say. Um, but um, we do have another bishop now who, um, but I think because we are established in a sense in what we're doing, in a sense he's come into to it and mm -hmm. we're already new. But I, I, I don't think he fully understands probably what we're doing, but maybe he'll catch up. So alongside all that you're doing, you still have the parish church and would do weddings and people would approach you for, for christenings, whatever that means, um, and all that stuff is done as well? We, we do. Um, I think in some ways we're very fortunate that we have a very, in terms of ge ge geography, we've got a very small parish boundary. We're right in the town centre, so our parish actually contains quite a lot of shops and what have you. So, in terms of weddings, for instance, we might have two a year. <laughs> um, so we don't get that many occasional offices, and that has been to our advantage in a sense because it means we've been able to, you know, spend our time in in prioritising shaping the church and the vision and working in that way rather than getting pulled into all of those other things that can happen. So I think that's probably been to our advantage. But yes, we still do have them. <laughs> Um, membership increase, quite difficult one really. I mean, we are full again on a Sunday, and um, we've, we've pro we, we, we have increased, but I think the biggest increase is in the continued fringe of people. Whereas before we had this fringe around the centre, now we've got a fringe around every missional community. So the size of the fringe that we have got now probably equals the size of the church almost in some ways, the number of contacts we've got. Um, and some of those um, we've kind of managed to, to kind of move in inwards in terms of being part of the church, in terms of um, you know, discipleship and what have you. Um, but we recognise that it's, again, it's not a quick fix, it's kind of a, a slow thing of moving people through. Um, and, and it's certainly a challenge for us about how we do that. But certainly we have increased, I couldn't actually put a number on it, um, but it, it's, it's in the, the biggest increase certainly is in people who are, are kind of right out on the fringes and hopefully are slowly beginning to move in. Um, it also increased in depth, really, of faith, isn't it, I guess? That's another the, 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 the increase in faith of the people who are part of the church has been enormous mm. involved in this. You know, that, that has been enormous. Do the, where the, the initial community's needs go across parish boundaries? And in that case, what kind of, how does that affect the relationships with the uh, other parish churches. Yeah, that comes kind of comes into the church structures questions there. But um, I mean, when, when I said that, that Graham Crow was very good at brokering for us, <laughs> um, when we first went out, that was one of the things we had to have conversations about and you know explain what we were doing. Um, and one of the things we needed to explain that actually this was this was going to be in absolutely no way competition to what those churches were doing because it was so completely different. For instance, one of them that was crossing a parish boundary um, that were meeting in the pub um, and, you know, 100 yards up the road was a um, high Anglo-Catholic church that would be higher than, <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, it's like chalk and cheese. So the people who would go there 
but vice versa. So actually what we tried to help people see was actually this was about something completely complementary. It wasn't about really trying to contribute or whatever. <laughs> um, and in fact I think we didn't get any transferring from other churches or anything like that because it's not something you necessarily want to buy into in that sense, you know, kind of, you know more likely to do that with the big thing happening really I think transferring. Um I'm sorry, um, I, I, well, I'm hooked on this, but um, has there been any reaction from other denominations? Uh, you know, expressing interest, how do we do it, how do we develop it, that kind of thing? Um, not within deal, um, but they're mainly quite small churches, um, all the others. So, not within deal, but certainly outside deal, um, there are other denominations very much involved in it and um, I was in Southampton last month was it, with um, the Above Bar Church which is Baptist I think isn't it yeah, and they're just beginning to move into this theological training <laughs> um, again I, I realise that uh, you know a lot of our energy has been taken in, in just, in a sense, changing this whole culture of what we're about, and a huge amount of energy just go into that. And so it's only in the last probably year or so that we've realised that, that this is one of our shortfalls. Um, recently, um, we've just put in what we call Toasty. And uh, Toasty is um, theology on a Saturday that will transform you. I think it's as well. No, um, it's breakfast on a Saturday morning, um, followed by theology. Um, and we're actually using the um, St Paul's Theological College, St Michael's um, stuff, which comes packaged in DVD form and what have you. But it, it, you know, it's really good stuff actually, and, and it means that people can, that people are being stretched. And we were surprised how many people came actually, because well, I wonder how many people have come to this. But um, about 30 or 40 people in total have been coming along and um, engaging with those kind of issues, and have really appreciated it actually. So that, that <coughs> things. Um, there's also the MSN course, which I think Mission Shape Initiative course, which I think you've got running here as well. And quite a number of our people have been through that as well. So. Um, finance. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we we continue to hold all the finance at the centre as we always have done, um, and what we have committed to is for resourcing the mission communities in whatever that way they need to be resourced. So people continued. If, I don't know that's the question you're asking, well, but it's more about how you get that fund. How would you raise your finances? How do we raise them yeah. through people just giving? It just happens, just like that. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> things, yeah. um, we, um, I mean, every two years we would probably, like most churches, do a kind of a stewardship thing. But we encourage people, um, you know, to give by standing order. We don't have collections on a Sunday morning. Um, there's a, you know, there's a plate somewhere that people can give into if they, if they wish to. Um, and has that ever been a struggle for you to, to raise what you needed to cover? Because the reason I'm asking is that a lot of what you're doing feels like it's probably quite financially intensive because of other premises, other things you might be having to to rent to provide. Yeah. And it's just yeah. has that has finance ever really been a struggle for you? Or has it not to well, not from not in terms of the mission of I think what we 
kind of realised quite early on as well that if we're saying this is now our vision and you know what, we wanted everything to be in line with our core values um, we, that had to be across everything um, so we couldn't have the kind of separate thing with the church council and the you know the finance whatever um, not being in, in tune with our vision so in a sense we're saying well what is our vision and therefore what are the resources we need to finance our vision that has to be the, the, the core thing the central thing and for us mission communities are absolutely key and actually as a proportion of all of our spending it's still not actually that much really so. um, time and burnout probably said a little bit about, about this but um is it worth just showing that last slide? Yeah, I think it is. Sorry, it's the last slide on the previous, the, the first. Um, I've got one. Which was the what we get them? Last slide. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um. This was just a, um, an example we've used fairly recently um, because exactly the same kind of issues in the sense were kind of coming up for us. Um, and we wanted to help people be released into trying to find a balanced rhythm of, of meeting together. Um, so, for instance, I mean, the green thing there represents the green triangles or national communities doing stuff together. The red is the Sunday worship, and, and, and the, the blue is the Sunday. This was just to give an example of what what could happen. Um, but for instance, we said, you know, if you're a, if you're at church on Sunday, you know, through and you've got on the Saturday something happen, happening by way of a mission event, then you know, don't come to church on Sunday. Now, actually, you know, to get them to be standing there saying don't come to church on Sunday. <laughs> but actually, it's trying to say, to people, you know, you've got to have a balance. Like, they are going to end up with burnout. And actually, how can we do this in a way that, you know, um, will we'll, we'll help, will make it doable, really. And so, the, for instance, the missional community, um, you know, meeting on a Wednesday, the triangle is an upward bit because... They're meeting, like Joe said, um, to, to, to be you know, with God together and listen to God. So that was kind of doing the upward stuff on a Wednesday as a missional community. Um, and then an event happening on a Saturday doing the outward stuff. Um, we've got cells in there, but the cells are only meeting twice in the month because one of the Wednesdays they're, doing, they're meeting as a whole missional community together. And the other Wednesday they're having some kind of social event. So it, it's kind of, you know, we've tried to encourage people, how, how, how would it work for you in your context of what you're doing um, to, to create something that would have a kind of balanced rhythm to it? Um, so I don't know whether that, that's mm. helpful, but I know for where we are at at the moment, it was quite helpful last time we put that Sense of togetherness. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we've been very clear on this being both um, a kind of gathered and dispersed model of church. So the, the coming together on a Sunday is really important. Um, and I guess in any larger church, it, it is always an issue. In a sense, that's why we one of these is why we launched our ministries. That uh, you know, it is, it is difficult to get, um, you know. A, a sense of family on a Sunday morning if you've got hundreds of people there 
Um, but I think by being in missional communities, it has increased the sense of togetherness on a Sunday. Because even though it might be might not be happening across the whole church, people who previously might have only known two or three people and not even found them on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. now actually know a whole mm-hmm. network of people through mm-hmm. being part of missional communities. So I think there's a kind of overspill from what is happening in missional communities into a Sunday. Would you say that? Yes. Sheila, Joe, we want to to thank you for we keep bombarding the questions <laughs> because that, I hope that indicates and it does that we are thrilled to have you with us and delighted with what God's doing in Deal and this model that you're now sharing with with our churches because um, I do think an awful lot of what we've heard this morning we're nodding thinking we're not far from you that's doing the dots together a different way for the sake of the kingdom to, to draw people more in um, to things we're, we're doing plenty of stuff how do we keep the being in line with the doing I just think this comes at a really for me it makes an awful lot of sense at the time and stage we're at as a church and so it's been very helpful to hear a real example um, and to do it on a Saturday morning to come up with it obviously is fantastic um, just to, we'd like to pray for you before you go and ask you what particularly you'd like us to pray for you about but before we do that just well, just one or two words for ourselves just, just a moment as to starting points or questions that we have about this that we are as we begin to digest and look to transition, I would hope, towards a model like this. We need to make it right for Camborne, that's what we're saying. Um, what, what questions do we have that we need to address in the light of, of, of this morning? Fire away. Prioritising the need. Prioritising? The need. Specific, specifically, what we're doing. Prioritising. the church because if you look around the room here it's the people who you possibly expect to be here and that's often the case that there, there are a lot more people who we need to communicate it with there'll be a lot of people in Campbell expecting that to be traditional church on a Sunday so if you if they come and they see something completely different from what they expect how will they relate to that we need to be ready when we lose the use of the church for six to nine months while the extension is done. Well, exactly. <laughs> it's the second time in Mission Community stories I've heard this week that the key thing was moving out the building. What would we do if our building blew up? You know, how dependent are we on our building? You know, someone I heard from Sheffield was saying, because you know, I was in Sheffield this week, were saying that their building, they were had a vision and a dream that God had said that to them. Look, you're so building centered. What happens if you just take the building away? How do you beat Christians in, in that place now then? And it happened a year later. 
Um, you know, I think that's again when you're saying having to move out the building, it's just not non-negotiable. You are going to have to do something different. It's really kind of quite abrupt, but it's really. Sheila, so, Sheila, how can we pray for you? What particularly would be at this time prayer? Yeah, I think um, for us, one of the key things, actually it's quite connected really with Cambridge, <laughs> um, is, uh, I don't know, you know how many people here know about Pfizer's, but um, Pfizer, the big pharmaceutical company, is based um, just near to us. And um, we have 70 people and families who work for Pfizer's, and they are about to, you know, close down and whatever. Um, and it's been a really difficult, a lot of those people are, are key leaders, you know. Um, and for them at the moment, um, it, it is really, really difficult there. And Cambridge is one of the places where kind of some of them are being offered jobs to come. Um, but um, we just know at the moment that it's very difficult as a church to kind of plan anything because we don't know where we're going to be, you know, in six months' time, who we've got left, and we're trying to support those people through all of this that's going on for them as well. Um, so, pray for that, you know, for us as, and for those people. Great. But just, uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a time of, oh, very much a time of uncertainty. Okay. Can there be a couple of people express their thanks of what you've learned from this morning just with Joe and Sheila with us? Any insights or particular words of thanks you want to give? Just that it's doable. Very well Let us ask questions as well. It's not that we don't. We're afraid to hear. We want to say more. But you inspired us to ask questions. <laughs> I think you made it very clear because this is a, this is a journey that you've been on. Terrible word, I know, but um, it's been over many years for you. And so I suppose one of the things we can learn is we can start off um, and expect to get things wrong some of the time and not do it very well to begin with and then and then in time find the right way for Campbell. So that's been really helpful, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it packs the sandwiches for us. I suppose we best take the uh, cagoons. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll always ask for a stronger kettle, isn't he? Let's then give thanks for this morning and pray for the situation in the that's endured, particularly with the Pfizer situation. God, we thank you that the future is yours. Thank you that we can entrust you with our lives. You know what we're like. You know our strengths, our weaknesses, our personalities, how we get on together, how we don't, the people that will have to move on because of life circumstances. Lord, our desire is to move with you in mission. We thank you for what we shared this morning. And we praise you for what is happening in Deal. And we ask that you would move with your people there as they look to step forward with uncertainty, particularly for those whose jobs are uncertain. Lord, would you come close to them and bring your comfort and understanding. Pray in the church that this would be able to be worked out how to support at this time of uncertainty and how to plan for the future in the midst of this. 
God of wisdom and of hope, may you draw near. And Lord, for ourselves, we thank you for each other. And we ask that you give us a heart for our community, and particular people in our community, as we discern the prompting of your Spirit. Lord, we thank you that you are with us and that you are transforming us so that we might continue to participate in your mission. And so let's finish by saying the grace to each other. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Would you show Two tables booked for for one o'clock.